Hey, my friends, welcome to Tea Talk with Ty, the podcast that encourages you to take a sip and chat about life, wellness, love, and everything else in between. <laughs> I'm your host and new BFF, Ty Wonder, and I'm cheering you on to greatness. So grab a cup of coffee, tea, or whatever you prefer to sip on, get cozy, and let's chat. All right. On this episode of Tea Talk with Ty, we're interviewing different people from different walks of life, talking about the current affairs of the world and how it's affecting us. So today I have Naldine with me and um, we're going to discuss some of her thoughts and opinions and feelings and emotions about um, the current state of the nation. So welcome Naldine. Thanks for joining us. Good evening. How are you? Good evening. I am well. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Good. Thanks for, no, thanks for joining. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself um, so we know your background. And um, as much as I hate to bring up race is important for the conversation, please do let us know your ethnicity because they can't see you. All right. Um, Ethnicity, my parents are Haitian and I am first generation Haitian American. Um, As far as about myself, I'm 44 years old, retired army veteran, um, 22 years. I have two kids. My oldest is a male son, 25 years old. My youngest is a daughter and she's 15. All right. And where, where did you grow up? I grew up in West Palm Beach, Florida. Okay. And where do you live currently? Currently, I am in the Georgia area. Okay. Awesome. I know it seems like weird questions, but they're important to the conversation. (laughs) So tell us your thoughts and feelings and how um, everything going on... uh, I mean, it's been a while, but especially the last month or so with everything being so public, how has that made you feel? Um, I can't speak for everyone, but as far as for myself, this past week has been a very heavy week. That's the best way for me to put it um, where mm-hmm. everyone would understand. Again, my son is 25 years old, and I'm not going to lie. I'm at a point in my life where... Um, the phone rings and we technically screen our calls I don't know that number I'm not answering that number I answer every phone call spam or not telemarketer it doesn't bother me because with cell phones you never know who's calling who when and my worst fear is to get a phone call for my son from my son about my son and I don't answer the phone um and with everything that's going on in the world with Arbery and George Floyd and I think her name was Brianna Taylor it's, mm-hmm. it's disheartening because when you see the black males out there they're, they're seen as a threat and when I look at them they can be my father my brother, my uncle, my son, my cousins mm-hmm. and when you see my son I know my son our family knows my son we, we know his pedigree. We know 
what he's done and what he's capable of. So if he were to ever get stopped by police, they don't they don't see that. They don't see his background. They only see a black male and they automatically think threat. And I'm to the point in my life where I'm like, as a parent, a black mother, do I need a tattoo on his forehead? Hey, his parents are both retired military. He's a military brat. He has an undergrad degree in business. He has an MBA in HR. He works okay. full time. He, but they don't see that. I see that. I know that. Right. But they don't see that. Right. And it's disheartening. Yeah. Very disheartening. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't. Um. I don't yet have sons, but that is, you know, I have brothers that are like sons to me and just the thought of um, them or, you know, my fiance, like someone thinking of them in a completely different way than they are. It's just, it's, it's frustrating, you know, it's very frustrating, but as a make it as a parent as a mother everything is definitely magnified because you know your child inside out and you know what they're capable of and you know what's in them because you put it there i can't imagine um having that feeling thank you for sharing that with us you're welcome i have a additional comment the mm -hmm. past week it's made me just you know you just sit back and you wonder and you reflect and Dylan Roof can go into a church and massacre nine people. Mm. Yet, he physically walks out. They apprehend him. They put him in a, mm -hmm. in a vehicle. They, 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 they do what they have to do with him. And when it's time for him to go to court, and I know you're going to remember this, he's escorted out mm -hmm. of the prison with a bulletproof vest on. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yet, all these other black individuals, unarmed, acquiescing, yet, they're not here to live and talk about anything. They're just not here. Mm -hmm. And I really find that hard to wrap my head around it. And when we start having these conversations, if you have other kids, and especially if they're younger, they have questions. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of questions that are posed in my household that I, I at times cannot answer because that's the same question that I have. Right. Right. Yeah, that is, we, we, we're talking in another interview um, about how there definitely has been an inequality when we're looking at crimes, you know, with just in someone committing the same crime but different races that the um, the people of color always get the harder punishment, you know, even if it's the same crime as, you know, their Caucasian counterpart. It's, you know, it's it's scary because that's the way the law works and that's the law of the land and it's 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 very disheartening you know 
Um, has your son experienced any, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not police brutality, but just an aggressive police officer or, or if he's been ever been pulled over, um, has he been fearful? How do you, how have you worked those out with having those conversations with him? From what I know of, and we're, my son and I were really close. We talk about everything. Um, he'll even call mm -hmm. me and said, Mom, I'm just going to tell him myself because I've got to talk to you. <laughs> so I don't tell him everything. Um, but from what I know, um, he hasn't had such an encounter, uh, a brutal, violent mm -hmm. type of encounter that I know of, um, which is a very good thing. As far as mm -hmm. emotions that we're feeling right now, we haven't we we haven't spoken on it. However, mm -hmm. you you can tell that everybody feels it. Um, right. and and I, I say that to say that, okay, well, oh my gosh, you, you guys don't speak on it. Well, what is that all about? It's hard to speak on something that you speak on almost a daily. Right. Especially if you're seeing people that look just like you being affected. So the conversations that we have in our house, um, we all know the talk. And and the talk is not just for our young men, they're for our, our daughters also. It's for everybody in the house. It applies right. to everybody in the house. The fact that I could be cooking and I'm missing one ingredient and I'm going to run to the store or I send my son to the store could be you know going from point a to point b which is a point of no return right so the conversations we have when when you're when you're dealing with somebody with that type of authority don't mm -hmm. don't belabor it just listen to what they say do what you have to do to get yourself out of that situation safely Right. I don't know if you recall the movie um, Thug, The Hate They Give. I have not seen it yet. I, I have not. I highly suggest. I highly I, suggest you watch that movie. And I know, as parents, we tend to um, we 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 tend to um, maybe censor or pay attention to what our kids watch. But it's mm -hmm. it's a movie your daughter can even watch. I highly suggest. It's a family movie. Okay. It's a family movie yeah, that she, only a black, black family would really about. understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, we talked about looking at that one because she loves the actress that plays um, the main character. We just haven't gotten around to it. We actually haven't finished watching Roots yet, so we're still yeah, in, we're still in Roots the next generation. Right certain now. Like, certain movies I can't watch, and that was one of them. I know enough to know what it's about, but to sit there and watch it, I can't. Yeah. But in the movie, The Hate You Give, I recall a scene where the family is, um, I don't recall if they're sitting at the table or if they're on the front yard, but it's a conversation where they're having the talk. And mm -hmm. if, I, if I didn't know any better, I would have thought they were sitting in my house having this conversation. Because I tell my uh... kids, hey, when you get stopped, and I do the same, you roll all your windows down. If you've got a sunroof, open it. Mm. hands on steering wheel no sudden movements and right. we've gotten into the habit of not even leaving 
the driver's license and the registration and insurance in the visor but as much as I have get up and go in me and we travel I have it Mm -hmm. outside of my wallet in the cup holder I have the registration and the insurance paperwork tucked right there in that console so when I get stopped there is no need for me to have to go into a glove compartment turn around and reach in the back to grab my purse because that's where I keep my purse or to have to pull my Mm. wallet which I like to do from underneath my seat or anything because any movement whatsoever is enough for them to state that they felt threatened right and and I remember being stopped with my daughter and by the grace of God we were on I-95 it was still broad daylight we pulled over I was in an SUV black truck pulled all the windows down sunroof open turned the radio off and I looked at her I said you know the drill she said yes Mm -hmm. ma'am I said are you okay and she had this look on her face I said I I know you're scared and I know you're uncomfortable so's mommy but don't you move Mm. and she sat up and she put her hands on the dash and of course the officer comes and he was like ma'am you don't have to do all that I said well the sooner we finish here I won't have to do all that and I'll be driving away (laughs) you just don't know what you don't know because it's not just our males it's happening to our our, our girls it's happening to our women also this is true this is is so true it's so sad Um, we've, we've been Facebook friends for a long time so you might remember this when I got pulled over one time and I went on Facebook Live and someone said, why are you going on live right now? Why are you being so extra? I said, because I just got pulled over. I had uh, my daughter and my service dog in the car. I was in the, the middle of the country somewhere. <laughs> like the last thing I needed was to be able to, you know, to pick up my phone and, you know, do too much to let people know where I am. But, you know, so some, if something wants to go wrong, everybody knows real time. Exactly. You know, and it's it's sad that you have to think that way. You know, it really is. You have to do it for your own safety and you have to do it for your family as a whole. Um, especially with us mm-hmm. being single women. I know I am right. good for getting up and going on my own adventures, you know, and and right. not saying anything to anybody, but I have a habit when I know I'm going out. I will text my brother and my sister. We have a group chat. Let them know where I'm going, what vehicle I'm in, what I'm wearing. And on a sticky note, I'll write where I'm going and I'll put it on my island. Because because when somebody goes missing, what, what hinders you finding them very quick is determining where the hell did they go? How, where do you start to even look? Oh, you're going to find me. (laughs) I'm going to let you. (laughs) <laughs> the last time her, her last time her, we were able her cell phone ping the cell phone tower was here okay you're gonna know where to find me you're gonna know where to start <laughs> i mean we laugh but it's just it's facts right that is true that is very true i um i the whole police brutality thing is something like you know yeah you you know it exists but i guess it's something you don't pay attention to until it hits really close to home and um i don't think it really really hit me how 
crazy things can be until my fiance got together because he, you know, although he's the most gentle soul, but he's got long locks and he's typically driving his grandma's 30 year old Crown Victorian. And it's the perception. There's nothing. Right. It's the perception of that. Now, he is always about, you know, doing the right thing and, you know, super sweet guy. But it just the thought of that if he gets pulled over and he brought this to my attention because we live on two different sides of town. And he said, I, I don't like to come on your side of town as much because, you know, the cops are different. There's more vanilla people on your side of town. And if I get pulled over, I'm a black man with locks driving a 30-year-old car. And I never thought about it until that moment, like, oh, that makes it, you know, that makes it different. And it's crazy we have to think that way, regardless of how amazing a person is or how good their heart is or, you know, them just even doing the right thing, that something like hair, and the color of their skin. in addition to the color of their skin, you know, makes them doing something up to no good it's just crazy it is crazy um let me see i'm i'm asking several people their thoughts about kaepernick um when he first came out of course there were some people who didn't understand it some people who didn't um who didn't roll with it and of course as veterans that was a sticky subject but um, now with everything out in the forefront, because it truly feels like he was ahead of his time because it wasn't, it was happening, but we didn't see it happening before until he said something, you know, not, the, not we, the world, let's put it that way. That makes more that sense. That makes more sense because um, we as a people, we see it. There's no answer yeah. about it. We see it every time it happens, but right. I don't think, it's not that the world doesn't understand it. I don't. I think we think they don't understand it, but they, it's because they don't want to understand it. It doesn't affect them. Right. Um, I'm going to send to you later on tonight a video from Jane Elliott, and mm -hmm. she is um, she's having a forum and she's on stage. And if you look across the audience, it's predominantly Caucasian. And mm -hmm. she makes a statement with everything going on in the world and knowing history the way that we know it, um, the way that black people are treated, let's say that you are treated that way. Would you want to be treated that way? Everybody who would want to be treated the mm -hmm. way that black people are treated, stand up. Nobody, mm -hmm. and it's funny, nobody looked around, but nobody stood up either. And she said, I'm you sure. know what that says to me? That says to me, you know what's going on and you just choose to ignore it. Mm. And sometimes you have to paint a visual in order for people to get it because sometimes people don't get it because they don't want to get it. This is true. You don't want to get it. Mm -hmm. And with Kaepernick, hmm, Kaepernick is interesting. And the reason I say he's interesting, the situation overall is because um, think about it, entertainment, the world's favorite pastime. And you see how entertainment is a big deal, especially with um, this panic, careful of my words, going on right now. And that was the first thing that was affected. Um, right. So no, we don't want you to taint our, our, our precious NFL. 
right. taking a knee and affecting what's going on and, and how dare you. And you stated earlier, it is a sticky subject with us being prior military. Mm-hmm. Because I know my brothers and sisters in arms, no matter what color you are standing next to me, we're green. I'm army, so we say we're green. You're marine. Right. What do you guys right. think? What color you are? Green. We say green. We say okay. green, and I say blue for Air Force. So green and blue. <laughs> okay. So I'll stick with Army Marines right now, and I say we're green. It's not that we right. don't see color. We recognize color, but when you're in this fight, and it's for the same mission. We're, mm-hmm. we're going for the same thing. We are all green. And like you said, it is right. a sticky subject because I can go to war. I can go to combat and fight for this country and fight for the freedoms that people of this nation have. But yet when I come home, my life means nothing. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't see me as right. my rank and my last name. That means nothing to you. You don't see me as you don't they don't see that right Right. they don't see that and it and it's and it hurts because i can go fight for this country i can go fight for the right for kaepernick to take a knee the right for you Mm -hmm. to belittle kaepernick the right for you to, to kneel with kaepernick or be alongside him for his what he stands for but yet my life means nothing when i'm home Now, that's a sucker that punch. Was, that that's a sucker punch like no other. It really is. It really is. I have read stories about how a lot of um, Vietnam veterans felt like that. And that's why a lot of them ended up staying overseas. Um, you know, they were like, I, I, I feel I get treated better away from the United States. Why go back? You know? And when you think about it, that really wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't. You we know, still have Vietnam it's, vets it's, still it's, still here, alive, kicking, telling their yeah. story. Yes, that's mm-hmm. amazing. It's it's it's, and I had said to a friend of mine earlier, it's crazy how, you know, they say, well, those who don't learn their history are are doomed to repeat it. And I was telling her how I used to be obsessed with the uh, NBC miniseries, The Sixties. Did you ever see yeah. that one? I'm a dork. Okay, I'm a, I'm a nerd. This was this was God, I was in high school when this came out. So this was still in the nineties. But it was uh, kind of like a, a, a mini series where they they took history that was going on in the sixties and just had a storyline that matched the history basically. And um I remember one of the most profound moments in the movie to me was uh, when one of the characters was protesting at one of the Chicago protests and they were chanting the whole world is watching and you know video wasn't a thing back then but that was recorded live and it was shown on um, on um, TV and it's just like we're still there we're still there in that time where we're still saying the whole world is watching you know, we haven't learned these lessons. It, we thought we had gone far as a nation, but maybe not so much. Maybe we put a Band-Aid on it, you know? Well, let's, let, let me spin it another way for you. Along the same lines, 
how far have we really mm-hmm. gone if every X amount of years Senate and Congress have to vote on the ability for black Americans to vote? Oh, that Think is about true. that. Then it starts to make you wonder, okay, we're seen as what? Are we still seen as property and not as people? Because you still have to allow us to vote every X amount of years. Why not just pass it and just let it be? Right. This is true. I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Right. Sheesh. Um... What what are you fearful about with the the situation right now? What are you the most fearful about happening? I am fearful that the momentum that we have right now, the momentum that everyone has right now with the state of our nation, the state of our community, the state of us as black people, that we will lose momentum and mm. nothing comes of it and it goes back to the status quo you know, normal day activities, as normal as you can get in this time frame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The issue is yeah. this keeps occurring and there's no, there are no repercussions. There's, there's, there's no punishment. And when you're dealing with right. the law, you have to deal with precedence. And if you haven't set the precedent by issuing a consequence for these mm-hmm. brutal, violent, horrendous actions, then it, that means it's condoned. That means it's okay in the right. eyes of the law. That's how I see it. Right, that makes sense. We need yeah, we need that. these convictions. We we need okay. The 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 lead gentleman, the one on Mr. Floyd's neck, they brought him in, but mm-hmm. we all know there were other officers out there. Now, you and I both know if we go out here and rob a store and our daughters are on the outside just sitting in the car, they don't know anything from Adam. They just know mommy went into the store with her friend. You know good and doggone well they will take us to jail and they will take those two girls to jail because they will call them accomplices. Correct. What's the difference with these other officers on the side? Why why did Mm. it take so long? For them to get to the point where they had to bring this gentleman in and book him. Right. Because people of other nationalities, of other colors, they've conducted they've they've conducted crimes too, and they've conducted worse crimes, and they live to tell about it. Right. Or get a slap on the hand, one. We we can't right. We can't turn the other way. We've got to do something for the sake of our, for the sake of our kids, for the sake of this next generation. Right. And I like to think right now, with everything going on, people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The turning point for me was not Mr. Floyd, even though it, it was it was almost like a nail in a coffin because it ran in threes this past month. But Miss right. Taylor, Brianna Taylor, she was in her own home, in right. her bed. In her own so now that home. makes you wonder, Ty. Right. You, so I can't even be safe in in, 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 my, in my own four walls. 
She wasn't right. bothering anybody. So now, okay, now you have a problem sleeping while black? Come on. Right. Right. As if it isn't bad enough of getting, you know, being scared when you're driving. Now you got to be scared when you're home. Just, just to be scared wherever you are at. So much. Right. Another discussion I have with my kids is, um, and I think you've noticed this, kids are kids. And when they start to make their own money, they start to buy stupid things. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. even, so think about it. Even your daughter, my daughter, you know, will go to mm-hmm. a store and you make your purchase and they decide they want to buy a piece of candy. Or little, mm-hmm. you know, the itty bitty cans of Altoids, mm-hmm. a pack of gum, and they make their purchase. When they get to the register and make their purchase, um, it'll be swiped, and the, the attendant, the cashier, will automatically set it on the counter because it's a small item. You can carry it out. Mm-hmm. They will pay for it. They will give them their change or their card back. Mm-hmm. Right there. Think of this scenario. What does a typical person do? What would you do in that scenario? The scenario I just gave you, it is um, not a trick question. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out if it was a quick oh, a trick question. So they put, the, they, they put the item on the counter. They've given you your money back. Uh-huh. Right? All right. And, they're, say, up, and they're getting ready to you. ring up the next person. And you say, thank mm-hmm. you. Have a nice day and walk away. Wrong. <laughs> the talk I have with my kids oh is, especially with my son. Oh, put it in your hand. Especially with my son, you ask them for a bag. You put said oh. items in the bag, and you ask for a receipt. Nowadays, you will not get a receipt unless you ask for one. This is true. When I say these are the discussions I'm having with both my kids, and being kids, they don't want the bag. They don't want right. the little funky receipt (laughs) (laughs) so guess what I tell my kids "Uh uh-uh grab that take you better take a bag put it in that bag get your receipt and when you get that receipt do not put that receipt in the bag put that receipt in your pocket in your purse on your person because if somebody were Mm -hmm. to snatch it from you especially us being women and run away with your bag it happens in the mall all the time how can you verify right there on the spot that that bag belongs to you because that person has the bag with your item in it with the receipt this is how i think and i know it sounds anal retentive but it's necessary but it's necessary when you look like me Mm -hmm. it's necessary when i can't be with my kids 24 8 i didn't say 24 7 i said 24 8 (laughs) (laughs) necessary because at times just the mere fact that you look the way you look and and they saw you make the purchase they will follow you out just to antagonize you this is true these are the talks that we have and again it wasn't a trick question i was just curious what you would do but that leads to the talks that i have in my home that leads to the to the to the way that we move when we're out and about and, and I don't mm-hmm. want to say that we're two-faced and we act and we're wearing masks. And when I say wearing masks, meaning being two-faced and acting a certain type of way out right. when you're home. Right. But my skin, when I come, when I when I go out into the world or when I come home, it's not a suit that I can just unzip and come out of. It's permanent. Right. Right. And we live this every step of the way, every day. 
this is true. That is a that is very interesting. I never I guess I've never thought about that because she doesn't you know, she's not at that place to be buying things without me mm -hmm. yet. Um, but you know, yeah, that that sad but true. You know, sad but true. Hmm. Especially in bigger cities or like super small cities where you never really know what you're dealing with. Oh, it's it's worse mm. in the super small cities, the rural areas, because they're known for just calling you out of your name. And yeah. I'm sorry, it, it's it's not normal. And we know it's not normal, but in order for people to function there because they live there, they take it. Right. Yeah, I, I've had the only two times I've had blatant displays of racism were in super small towns. You know, outside of that, it's, you know, it's more of the, the subtle stuff like we had in high school where, you know, you couldn't have more than two black cheerleaders on the, on the cheerleading team or, you know, it couldn't be, you know, a black this or a black that. You know, but those were those more hidden things that are not necessarily said. But to be called out your name or really followed around a store or something, those only really happened in really, really, really tiny towns. And it was really frightening. From what it I is think. frightening. But even when you go into these big cities, um, even in corporate America, it happens. It is very, it's, it's very, it's very subtle to the everyday person. But mm -hmm. being who we are in the skin that we, we, we are in and we've encountered it before, when, when, you, when you come around something that's familiar to you, and I didn't, just because it's familiar doesn't mean it's positive, it's familiar right. to you and, so you and you understand it. But to the average everyday person around you of another nationality, of another race, it's very, it's very, it's, it's almost subliminal where you have to, you know how we are military affiliated. You have to kind of like log it and keep it in your mental Rolodex. And then you're almost taking count before you can even open your mouth and say something because as soon as you open your right. mouth and it happens the first time and you say something, now you're seen as being right. overly sensitive and, oh, she's quick to use the race card and mm -hmm. you it's a stigma already. Well, I walk in the door as a walking right. stigma. I'm a black female. There's already two strikes against me. Right. And right. let it be a black male. That's two that strikes against him. He's, he's, he's black and he's a male. Mm -hmm. Right. We're not seeing the same. No, not at all. And it's, it's made obvious more and more every day. Unfortunately. Yeah. We're not. Seeing the same. Unfortunately. Um, I think that I have any more questions. I think, I think that is about all the questions I have for you. If you have any more thoughts, I don't. Um, I think if we had this interview maybe four days ago, I think I would. I mm -hmm. think I would have been. Ha I would have had an ugly cry. You wouldn't have seen it. You probably would have heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can laugh today. I mean, as the days have gone on, um, it's, I'm not as heavy. Not to say right. I feel any different. I just know that it's it's. I've come to terms that Mr. Floyd isn't coming back, and it's almost like right. you having a grieving process. No, I don't know him. No, we've never crossed Absolutely. paths. We don't live in the same city. 
but I, I sympathize with his family and I'm not gonna lie to you I didn't I could not watch that whole video and I don't watch television as it is but the portion of the video that I saw you heard him saying he couldn't breathe and then he called out for his mother and let me tell you Ty I was done because as a black woman as a mother to hear him call out for his mother it felt like somebody took their hand and reached in and snatched my heart and threw it on the ground Mm -hmm. I can't begin to imagine how his family or his mother feels I know I think I read that his mother's been deceased for two years well again I I can't that makes it that doesn't make it any better I can't sit there and watch and just you know and 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 taking any more facts to what's going on because it, it's just too much yeah it was it was it was it was heavy um i i i did watch the whole video and i'm one of those people that it, I, people think i like to debate but i really just want to see things for myself like if you tell me the sky is blue i'm not just going to believe it i need to go see it for myself you know, not saying that you're lying. I just need to see it. <laughs> and um, I didn't want it to be another one of those things where they say it was police. Not saying that this happens all the time. But I didn't want it to be a thing where they're saying it's police brutality. And, you know, he was acting a donkey and, you know, doing everything right. else. You know, like I needed to see for myself. Right. Because... Part of me can't, I can't understand how someone could treat anybody less than a dog. You know, like I just, I, I, I couldn't fathom it. So I had to watch it, but it was difficult. I cried. I think I, I've cried every day last week. Um, I've cried every day this week. I, I, I was, I would have been an ugly cry with you. You know, I just couldn't. I think we all grieved, not just because someone we didn't know died, but I think deep down, we knew that things were really getting ready to change. Like, things have already changed because of COVID, but now we know things will not, our new normal is going to be completely different now. You know, there's going to be a, a lot of uncomfortable conversations that have to be had, you know, with everybody now and I didn't even my mind didn't even go there to think of people protesting but as soon as it started I'm like yeah I, I can't I just I it's too it's it's just very very heavy it's a great way to put it just very heavy I hate that word normal so, I hate that word because we, we I say I hate we, normal we say normal as a society but normal is determined by what the average person in society deems to be okay and so that lets me know that what I think and how I feel in my opinion doesn't matter because Mm. I feel like I'm looking at this like this is abnormal this is not right this is not okay this is an injustice this is murder but yet I'm gonna go in as normal and I'm not going to lie to you. 
I can speak on it from the aspect of being a mother, of being a daughter, of being a cousin, of being a sister, and just having males in my life. But one aspect I haven't mentioned to you that on a air quotes normal day, if I had to go to work mm-hmm. the next day, that's a whole nother level of how I have to move and how right. I have to control my emotions and how I have to just, because at any given time, you're going to have a moment period on your own. Right. But when you have people that want to have certain discussions and some people just want to talk, that's what they do. Um, and you're in a corporate environment, it's hard. And it's almost like they're having these conversations and sometimes they have them on purpose and sometimes it's just innocent conversation and all of a sudden somebody realizes they say something and then they they, they either keep talking and they're they're watching you, like they're gauging your temperature to see how you're going to react, positive, negative, or indifferent. Mm -hmm. I didn't bring that up because right about now, my air quote normal is working from home. My home office downstairs. I don't have to interact with anybody really but my family but on an everyday normal day if I had to go into work that's a whole nother level of heavy so so imagine imagine what our nation would be like right now if we weren't on this modified way of living true that that makes me wonder yeah. Because a lot of people won't go out right now and protest because, hey, my immune system may not be, uh, may be compromised because I have these previous conditions or because of age right. or because, hey, you just don't know what you don't know. You're in close proximity. That's right. affecting a lot of people going out here. So imagine what it right. could really be like. Right. That, that tells you the desperation. Like, I, I hate every time I scroll and I see somebody post saying, oh, well, who knew that protesting was a cure for COVID or something like that? And it's you like, know what? no, COVID- I'm sure they're not thinking that, but we've got something that's just as important because, you know, like if we don't stand for something, you know, protesting, I ain't talking about the, the, the rioters and the looters, but, you know, the people that are coming to, together to protest, and say, hey, this is not okay. You know, it's important enough to them to take that risk because they might not be here anyway, you know? Guess what? Mr. Floyd could have caught COVID-19 and he could live to talk about it. This is So true. a lot of people, and I'm not saying that this is right. I'm playing devil's advocate here because I tend to look at all sides of the coin. A lot mm-hmm. of people are like, you know what? That's a chance I'll take because... I'd rather have that chance than Mr. Floyd didn't have a chance. Right. So you right. can bring up COVID all day long, every day, and they would look at you like you were from outer space. Like, we hear what you're talking about, but you don't see the bigger picture. You don't get it. Right. Because you don't want to get it. Because it doesn't affect you. Right. That's definitely true. And until it affects you, until it makes you uncomfortable, nothing is going to change. It seems like, you know, that's, that's always the way it's worked in our history. Every, it, things had to come just unbearably uncomfortable for the nation to, to shift in a different direction. I tell you what, 
I just 2020 has been a beast, but our world will never, our world will never be the same because these yep. protests are, are, um, it's international. It's not just in the U S it is. It is that it, it, I literally Buzzfeed had a, um, an article where they showed protests in different areas and it was around the world. And I remember sitting there scrolling and crying because, you know, you see all of these beautiful people of different ethnicities together, you know, especially when they're, you know, weren't here in the U S and it's just like, they get it. They're not even, they're not even here. And, you know, other countries, racism is a, is a lot different than ours. You know, it does. It's not to say it doesn't exist. No, it just hits different. But it's a different. It, yeah, yeah, it's just different. So they get it. You know, I just yeah. Racism is an wow. international language. Mm-hmm. It's understood. It's understood no matter where you go. You get it. Yeah. I just, I, I'm trying not to worry. I'm trying to stay positive and encourage everyone to stay positive, but it is, it is scary every day. It's just scary. With it being so heavy, I know one thing that I've encountered um, myself is anxiety attacks. And it's something that I already had going on being a vet. I have PTSD, but I find mm-hmm. myself once it starts getting heavy, it, it literally feels like an elephant is sitting on my chest. Like literally, like I can't mm-hmm. breathe. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I get mm-hmm. hot. I start to sweat. The room starts to closing on me, and I have to make myself breathe. Like take deep breaths, think positive thoughts, right. um, listen to. My son calls it elevated music, but <laughs> <laughs> listen to 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 my uh, my beats and my frequencies, and and just. It, it, you, you, it's almost like you have to do therapy on yourself to get you back right. to a state where you can function. But it's mm-hmm. hard to function with everything that's going on around us. It's pure chaos. Yeah, it really is. I was, um, that was, that was me last week. And I think by Wednesday or Thursday, you know, I just kind of started shutting down and, um, Saturday, I remember my mom called me and she's like, oh, you in the mood, you know, which is not typical of me. I was just, you know, at every, and that's, <laughs> that's not me. I'm just, leave me alone. And, um, when I got my fiance and I just, just planned to just hang out. Of course, we're still not really going out and going anywhere, but, um, just to, to hang out and, um, before I got to him, he had had his, uh, his breakdown finally, and he had posted on social media and he was crying. You know, men don't, men are not going to get on social media crying unless it's really bothering them. And, um, once we just, you know, didn't deal with the phones, it was like, okay, this is what I just needed. I just needed to step away from the social media. I needed something to take my mind of how heavy everything has been. Like we talked about it. You know, we cried about it together, and then it's like, okay, let's let's change the conversation. Like, because at least we're here together today. You know, that's all we can do is enjoy the here and the now because we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. And um, 
you know, I've been trying to encourage people like, hey, just unplug from social media if you need to, because, you know, it, it's a lot of the same thing with showing the protests and showing the videos and, you know, putting that type of energy back into you is going to make you heavier, you know, so it's, it's really a time to, you know, I, I get on and get off, get on, get off. If I see too much, it's too heavy. It's like, okay, enough of this. I'm, I'm done with this for today because... Otherwise, we'll be sitting. We'll all be sitting around here, depressed with anxiety and not doing anything. True, and that's not helpful. But at the same time, you and I are a lot the same. So everything that you mentioned, I can relate to. However, mm -hmm. not everyone will will react the same or respond the same to what we saw. Some people, right? Instead of them being sad or depressed and anxious some of them have that gung-ho energy well i'm gonna go do something about it from my right part of the foxhole so contingent upon who you're talking to and when when they're watching this will determine their reaction and that determines their next reaction right that's true that is true and, it, and it's, you know, we're guilty. I think we're guilty of it every day. You don't think about how things affect other people because you just know how it affects you and you think everybody thinks the same way at some point, you know? So you're right. And, and now that I think about it, I do remember seeing people that were angry and I'm like, hey, being angry isn't gonna, let's not, you know, I know you're angry, but what are you gonna do with your anger? like? You know, everybody's different. How, how can, can you channel can that we... energy? How can you channel that, that energy right. into a positive light? But not again, not everybody is like me. Not everybody's like Ty. And so some people will go out here and do whatever that they may do. Now, one thing I right. will say with all this that's going on is you do have people that are taking advantage of the situation. Absolutely. Just, yes, just like you have, let's say it's a hurricane. I mean, I, I'll speak on this because I'm from the state of Florida. If you've got a hurricane going on and you turn on uh, the weather channel, you turn on the news, you have people that are storm chasers. It's no yeah. different. <laughs> Seriously, it's no different from these protests right. that are going on. And what messes it up is these people that come in, the minority that come in, to do bad that makes it look real bad on the overarching argument of what's going on mm -hmm. and, it, it, and it turns it around real quick and the media doesn't help the media is going to tell you and show you what they want to show you and tell you right right this is true and that's another thing people always have to be careful of them you just you, you can't always believe the media hype. Some of it is just that hype. Exactly. You have to be careful what you say because things can be edited. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I'm not editing anything. You go hear every every dog. My, my child walked out the door and said, I'll be right back. And I'm like, didn't I say don't say anything? Now you'd be upset if she walked back up to you and said anything. <laughs> right. Well, I have a question for oh you. my gosh! Gotta love it. Yes. If you were queen for a day, mm -hmm. in this exact time with everything that's going on, and you have twenty-four hours, and you are queen for a day, and you could do any 
thing you needed or wanted to do. In this day and time, with what's going on around us, what would you do? Make everybody love everybody. That's easy. Just everybody love everybody. You know, even if you don't um, agree with their lifestyle or you maybe, you know, you have your differences culturally, everybody love and respect everybody because at the end of the day, we're all humans. And that would just, you know, if, if I could just like seep into everybody's brain and and do some type of, I don't know, spell or something like that as the queen, that's what I would do. Everybody love everybody. I don't care what your race, religion, creed, background, whatever. Everybody love everybody. I love it because Jane Elliott states there is, there is no race, there's no color. We are all one mm-hmm. and it's called the human race. And that's the problem. Right. We don't see it that way. Not everybody sees it that way. Right. There shouldn't be a divide. I mean, if we're talking about culture, okay, we're talking about culture. But as far as there being a, a divide, saying, well, you know, the blacks over here, the whites over here, the Hispanics over here, like, no. You know, I don't, I don't like, I don't, I don't like that. That's always bothered me, even as a kid, people being singled out because of the color of their skin or what they believe, like. You know, like I remember we had, um, they're called Irish travelers. Yeah, Irish travelers or gypsies, you know, and <laughs> you laughing because you, you lived in that area, you know, they, they're there. Like but, you know, <laughs> now they, they, are, they are very interesting people, but I never liked how they were singled out. You know, like, oh, where well, they all do this or they all do that. Well, I'm sure there's some that don't. Why do you have to put them all in one category? You know, why do you have to say all of them do this? You know, I just, I've never, I've never liked being put into a box myself. I still don't like being put in the box. Um, and anybody who knows me, no, I love everybody. You know, I have friends of every race, religion, literally just about every religion literally just about every race every background um and belief systems uh like i I just i don't care as long you love me i love you okay all that other stuff that's between you and whoever but i got your back you got my back i love you you love me we good i love it but i'm gonna add to that i would say to Mm -hmm. add to that there are times you're going to come across people that may seem unlovable. And that's when I have, I, I have talks with myself and I have to tell myself that Jesus in me has to love the Jesus in them and just keep it pushing. And that's mm-hmm. all you can do. But when you're dealing with ignorance and it's not bliss, um, when you're dealing with people that just don't understand, when you're dealing with people that were raised to hate, because you can't tell me that they're not having conversations in their homes. And I know it's different from the conversations we have in our homes. Right. Some people are just bred to hate. This is true. This is true. I, I talked about that with the, um, the last lady I interviewed, um, who she's, um, 
as she put it, because she know I don't like saying uh, colors. Um, she's of the vanilla variety. <laughs> but um, she was saying how um, she was basically saying that same thing. And it's like, I don't understand why people don't get that. I really don't. Really the best don't. way for me to cope it's, is it's just, I remember my mom saying something to me and I remember her quoting this to me and I just looked at her because as a young child I'm like this woman is talking to me in riddles what is she talking about <laughs> and you know when you start to get older you're like oh my god I understand my mama I understand that right. woman I love her so right. and I remember <laughs> and something happening I was in high school and I'm like mom I don't understand I don't get it why and she just let me rant and rave and have my moment. And I looked at her and I'm mm -hmm. like, Mom, why aren't you saying anything? And she looked at me mm -hmm. and she said, everything is not meant for you to understand. Because if mm. you are to understand it, then you are just as bad as they are. And I That's was like, true. wow. I was still mad though, right. I was a kid. I was like, ah, I don't want to hear that. But right, <laughs> facts. <laughs> It is. It is. Because I, I can't wrap my head around it. I can't. I cannot wrap my head around anybody who would single out, dislike somebody for any reason other than they're just a bad person. You know, they, they've done something to prove that they're a bad person. And not just because bad, of the color of their skin. Something especially. Their background that made them the way that they yeah. are now. But sometimes having the conversation is just not enough because it can be aggravating because it's like okay, we're gonna mm -hmm. go back to status quo to the way things were and things need to change things cannot remain the same right right it's called insanity doing the same right. thing expecting different results no you're not gonna get it right right Right. Well, I, I just hope and pray that by the time I know your 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 little or not so little ones are way, way more further along than mine is. Um, but I hope and pray by the time mine becomes a teenager, things have at least. I don't want to say easier, but it's it's a different world than what it is right now. You know, I can only hope and pray in the next, I think she's got nine more years of school. I think, yes, eight. Lord, I'm getting old. Um, <laughs> however many years it is. Um, you know, I just, I, I can only imagine. And the as a parent, I try not to be a fearful person, but my fear is just like, um, she will have to grow up in fear you know like she won't be able to have friends of every background like she does now and just be able to love everybody because things have gone so wrong with the current state of the world you know i'm just i'm i'm hoping praying and wishing that we don't go backwards with our thinking with all of this you know and start playing the race game or pointing fingers at different races like I don't that's a sticky thing because you know you don't want to say like anyone is 
is pointing at, well, you, you know, your race did it. Because, I mean, a bad cop is a bad cop. A good cop is a good cop. It could be any race, religion, or creed. Just like any person could, you know, be bad, per se. Um, but I just, uh, I in some of the questions that I asked people on my friends list on social media, um, I asked them, what are they most fearful of? And I noticed a lot of the vanilla ones, they all said like, we're, con we're concerned and worried about our children being bullied because of the color of their skin. And at first, I just looked at it like, wait, what do you mean? But then you have to think about the fact that you don't know how this generation of kids is going to take all of this right now. You don't know what conversations their parents are going to have with them right now. And so I would hope that, you know, knowing everybody's not going to be a Taisha or a Naldine, but I would hope they would have good conversations about just the history um, of the nation and why people are feeling some type of way. And it's not a, a, an anger type thing to where you know, 10 years down the road, we're going through this all over again because there's like, you know, no one understood each other. My daughter is 15. And after seeing the Floyd video, it mm -hmm. took me back to when I was about her age. I, I had to be, I was older than her. I had to be about, she's 15, getting ready to be a junior, rising junior. Um, she's young but I remember being in high school it was either my junior or my senior year of high school and watching the video mm. of Rodney King mm. and I know and I, I, I know that was years and years ago because my daughter and I are 30 years apart but mm -hmm. Ty when I sat there and I watched the Floyd video the, the bits and pieces that I saw because I couldn't just sit there and watch the whole thing. I had to take it in chunks. Right. It took me back to my younger self watching Rodney King. And it bothered me so much because it just felt like I went back into a time warp. It felt like, and, and I, again, my daughter and I are 30 years apart. And it just seemed like it was like yesterday. I could remember what I could remember what I was wearing, what we had for dinner, what day of the week it was, what time of the day it was that I was watching it on television. Because I thought I was watching a movie. I was like, oh, this is a bad movie. Why have they putting this on wow. TV? And it wasn't a bad movie because it was the news. And that's what right. bothers me so much because so much has changed, yet so much still remains the same. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, the the vanilla lady that I interviewed, we were talking about Rodney King, and she we were talking about the riots, and I was saying how I felt like the history in each area is kind of determined how peaceful the riots are, in my in my opinion, from my observation, because you know L.A. L.A. and Vegas are something crazy right now, but there's been a lot of crazy, crazy things that's been happening out there that's been public before. Um, and I mentioned Rodney King and she said, I really don't know who that is. You know, and I said, well, it's okay. You, it didn't, I think we're about the same age. 
she might be a little bit younger than me, but still, you know, it was just like, it didn't affect you. You know, it affected us because that was one of our people. And we had heard whispers about, you know, police brutality, but we had never seen it, you know? And so it's like seeing it and seeing how they did that man just, you know, it was terrifying. And then you think about now seeing the same thing. Cause I want to say, I might've been about my daughter's age when that happened. You know, it's, it's just like, so just a baby. we really so haven't gone anywhere. Say it again. Just a baby. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I want to say it was like 90, 93, 94, 95. It was, it was 92, 93. Because I graduated high school. 92, 93. Okay. So I was in. Let's see. I was born. I was in sixth grade. Fifth, fourth. Yeah, I was about my daughter's age. I would have been in like third or fourth grade when that happened. And I just remember not being able to understand why anyone would hurt another individual me being how i was because i wasn't really uh raised to see race i wasn't even looking at the fact that it was a black man being beat by white cops i was just trying to understand like why would they beat that man like that like he's a man he's a human why would they do that you know because i still didn't understand racism even growing up in the south because my, my mother raised me to just love and respect everybody. You know, you have to be careful that you're not perceived a certain type of way um, growing up in the South, but just love everybody. I didn't, you know, I didn't know, but um, it's, it blows my mind. Like we haven't, we really haven't seemed to progress past Rodney King. It doesn't feel like we've evolved. I mean, technology has evolved. It doesn't. I mean, Whereas mm -hmm. we, we were inundated with information. Clothing has evolved. However, mm -hmm. it seems like a lot has still remained the same for yeah. some people. Right. Right. Oh, it's, it's hurtful. It really is. Well, it has been over an hour of a great conversation. I am not going to hold you up anymore. I definitely, truly appreciate your time and this amazing conversation. Thanks for having me. Some very enlightening me. moments. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, until next time. Thanks for joining me this week on Tea Talk with Ty. I would love to connect with you. I am on all social media platforms at I am Ty Wonder and online at tywonder.guru. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave me a review so I can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week. started Tea Talk with Ty, I was so nervous of how to make it all work. But let me tell you about the program that made it so easy for me. It was Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's absolutely the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free 99. You can't beat free 99. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. 
Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google, everywhere. Did I mention you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership? What? It's everything you need to make a podcast in absolutely one place. So take that leap, start that podcast, go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.